You're listening to Infinite Banking Radio with your host, Patrick Donahoe. You know, there's solutions out there to every one of the financial problems that Americans are facing today, and those solutions are right underneath their nose. The Infinite Banking concept has helped hundreds of thousands of individuals manage their hard-earned money effectively using time-tested financial principles that cannot fail. The intent of this podcast is to awaken these time-tested principles and reinstate certainty into the financial makeup of Americans. Our society is saturated in debt. Our portfolios are made up of the same speculative investments and theories that have failed us time and time again. The banking and securities industries have ruled financial planning for decades, and the only true benefactors are them. The infinite banking concept has proven to be the ideal solution. Good morning, good morning, everybody. This is Patrick Donahoe. It is February 5th, 2010. This is Infinite Banking Radio and Paradigm Life Radio Network. Uh, it's, it's an awesome day in Salt Lake. It's starting to warm up, and the, the gloomy, gloomy winter is, is slowly dissipating. Uh, but for those of you who are listening for the first time, we welcome you, and we're glad that you're listening. Uh, if, you, uh, if you'd like to learn more about our, our company, we have a couple years of podcasts, and so the same link that you use to download this podcast, just go back and listen over the last few years. Definitely some, uh, some interesting things that we've talked about. You can also visit our website at www.paradigmlife.net. Uh, we actually have a special event coming up here in the next, uh, next three weeks. Actually, it's about uh, well, a little bit more than a month off. And uh, we have uh, the founder of the Infinite Banking Concept, Nelson Nash, who's coming into town for an all-day event. It's a free event, uh, and I am doing it with uh, a couple of other individuals. And, uh, and so we do have just a limited amount of seating. So I have about 10 places left. And so for those of you who'd like to, uh, that are in Salt Lake and would like to reserve a spot, please give us a call at 800-870-8670 or email us at info at paradigmlife.net. Again, Nelson Nash, March 12th, which is a Friday. He's coming for an all-day event. I believe we're starting it at 9.30 to, uh, to 5.30. Breakfast will be provided as well as lunch. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Nelson's a great guy. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting him uh, last year and uh, extremely, extremely intelligent, uh, but we're, uh, we're glad that he's coming into town. Uh, I have a special guest with me today. Uh, Andy Safa has been on the, the program several times before, and uh, he's joining us today from probably the most beautiful place in the United States, San Diego, California. Andy, what's going on? It's good to be with you, Patrick. Winter is just beginning right here. Yeah, right. You guys don't have a winter. You don't have a winter. Man, it's, it's beginning to rain, like right now. So I really? think it works the opposite of what happens in Salt Lake. Uh, poor, poor Californian Andy. Poor Californian Andy. <laughs> So, uh, so we're going to get into a lot, a lot today, but I, I thought, thought what would be relevant is we, we kind of tie in uh, some of the philosophical side of, of economics to, to the infinite banking concept. Now, Nelson Nash, he's, uh, I want, I'm not going to say old, I'm going to say seasoned. Nelson Nash is a very seasoned individual, and, uh, and he, uh, he definitely has a philosophy when it comes to economics and life and so forth. And uh, it's definitely relevant in, uh, in how the infinite banking concept works. So, Andy, you've had the pleasure a number of times uh, to talk in-depthly with, uh, with Nelson, uh, just kind of about his, his economic, economic views. So why don't you give us an idea of, um, you know, of, of, of what he thinks and, and maybe how it relates to the infinite banking concept? Well, Nelson, uh, in particular, had the pleasure of being... Uh, the student and protege of Leonard Reed, and for those who, uh, who not sure who Leonard Reed is, 
He's actually the founder of FEE, Foundation of Economic Education. And FEE is a place that all libertarians uh, once came to. It was where uh, Rothbard and uh, Henry Hazlitt met Ayn Rand. It was where uh, Mises would write his books. I mean, it was the center of uh, libertarianism for the world at one stage uh, before the Mises Institute was, uh, was created uh, in Auburn. And so what happened was... Uh, Nelson, at a very young age, he uh, he was in university during the uh, the Great Depression, and he experienced. Uh, I mean, he specifically talks about how it was working uh, working with uh, the wage freezes, and later on in his career, he he experienced what government in, the dangers of what government intervention can do in his own industry, which was for, forestry. So he wrote an article which uh, received a lot of attention. And that, uh, that transitioned him in a way to discover uh, Austrian economics in particular and the works of uh, economists like Mises uh, in particular. And after that, uh, Nelson and a group of others began studying the works of Mises and Karl Menger in that uh, school of uh, economic thought. And so what they did was they contacted Leonard Reed, who was well-known at the time throughout all libertarians, and they asked him if he could uh, come down to Birmingham, where they were, and, and teach them and give a class. And Leonard did, and then that, that uh, transitioned through a very long-term and meaningful relationship for both Nelson and Leonard. Uh, they became very close, and, and if you go to Nelson's house, uh, you can see all of uh, Leonard Reed's books, which are actually personally signed by him. Well, you can go. You can go on. You can go on the Infinite Banking site, and there are there are several several books that Nelson recommends. I mean, there's there's uh, probably over a hundred books on there that relate to the Infinite Banking concept. But I mean, luckily, all of the everything that happened as far as you know the foundation for economic education uh, was in was in Alabama, right? 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 Where uh, Nelson Nash was. So it's it's kind of a weird coincidence, huh? Well, yeah, yeah, and uh, and there's a, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of talk of why they picked uh, Auburn in particular, uh, but at, before uh, before that was created, Fee was pretty much the center of the world for yeah. uh, for Austrian economics. Yeah, and so for those of you who don't know what what Fee is, it's it's an it's it's an amazing website, and there's so much. I mean, just fr free information on there. They have uh, they have eBooks, whether it's uh, you know Henry Hazlitt, or um, uh, they have you know the mainstream of of human progress on there, which is an extremely profound profound book. But um, I mean, economics in one lesson is is one of the most renowned books as far as um, economics is concerned. And uh, and so you could go on there. It's fee.org, f-e-e.org, and uh, and they have events that they put on. They put it on uh, semi-annual, right, Andy? Uh, I think so. I, I think so. And it used to be very. It's it's actually in the center is a mansion in uh, in New York, and it used to be very special since the students could actually stay inside the mansion. Yeah. And the irony is that the the government came in and saw that uh, they said that the staircase was unsafe, so they put a ban on students being able to uh, stay in the mansion. Jeez. So there's a little bit of the irony there of the foundation <laughs> of economic education. <laughs> So, well, well, Ludwig von Mises and you know Henry Hazlitt and Rothbard. I mean, Rothbard. Oh man, some of the stuff that he wrote is just is in, is incredible. And we don't have a lot 
lot of time to get into their their philosophy. What I want to talk about today is just kind of the foundation of Austrian economics and how it relates to the infinite banking concept. And you know, if you look at if you look at that that type of philosophy, um, it all it all talks about kind of what human nature what human nature is and what the main principle of progress has been over the last hundred some odd years. Right, because if you go, you go back a few thousand, you know, let's go back just, you know, 500 years, right? The, the, the average lifestyle of an individual was similar to what it was uh, 3,000 years ago, right? And so the real progress that's occurred in our, in our society has really been over the last 100 years, right? And, and basically, um, the reason why that, that exists, mainly it's, it's because of the United States and the different freedoms that it was founded upon, uh, but also that those freedoms appeased uh, the, what human nature is, and our us as as human beings, I mean, we're we're hardwired to progress. We're hardwired to be ambitious. We're hardwired to reason and think and be, um, you know, be proactive in certain things. We have an imagination. Uh, we know how to pro- solve problems. Um, you know, we're we're very creative in in nature. And you look at just nature and other things. You know, what's the nature of a tree? What's the nature of weather? What's the nature of grass? What's the nature of fruit, right? There's, there's nature in all things that are living. And us as human beings, we have a very unique nature. And the foundation of that nature are the different characteristics that I just mentioned, ma- mainly progress, right? And so if you look at the principles of, of progression, that's really what, um, you know, Austrian economics is, is about. And looking at, you know, their, I wouldn't say fight, but their, uh, their problems today is that a lot of what's going on in our country and in the world um, cuts, cuts those main principles of, uh, of human nature. Right. So how, how have you seen that, Andy? I mean, how, how have you looked at the last, you know, and you and I are, are relatively young, but how have you, you know, seen just kind of what's going on in the world today and how that uh, is against maybe what Austrian economics is about? Well, I mean, you're right. The, the first, uh, I mean, the basic concept of uh, Mises was human action, right? Yep. People act because they're displeased of where they are. Yep. And specifically, I mean, when I turn on uh, the news and people talk about, regulating the banks and so what is their objective their objective is to uh regulate greed and fear yep right two very uh i mean you'll you'll never be able to regulate fear no matter how many regulations we put in the system yep we're still going to have a world common an enron and uh and a madoff yep. i mean that's the unfortunate thing of of human society but what regulation actually does it can make it worse yeah because people will find a way to get by that once you put challenges in them. So without the understanding of human nature and their uh, their weight in, in the economic, see, economics largely in the mainstream is, is sort of taught as a natural science, mm-hmm. like there are natural laws, whereas really it's, it's really, uh, it's up to the participants. It's really more a social science. Yep. It's how the participants, their psychology, and the way they interact with each other. And greed and fear are always going to be part of that. That's why we've had booms and busts for the, for the past forever. And like you said, which I think is a very profound point, is you're never going to have a perfect economy, right? You're never going to have perfection in, in individuals, right? And, but, you know, somehow the forces that be want to make everything perfect, seamless, steady, constant, and it will never happen. And as you said, once you start to put regulations in there, and if you look at the regulations that we're talking, we're not we're not government bashing, right? There's there's obviously a a, a purpose for there's a proper role of government, right? And um, but right now, you know, there's a there's a lot of 
um, laws that are being created, right? That if you don't abide by the laws, what happens? You have a gun in your face and you're threatened to go to jail, right? And that threat is, is really unfortunate because that's not freedom. So many of society's problems, if we just look at them, are from the cause of actually this utopian thinking that, the, that certain individuals, the policymakers, have. Well, I mean, look at, look at the health care problem, for instance. We, we want everybody to have free health care, which is the quality tops, right? And so what the Congress passes a law forcing uh, hospitals to treat anyone in the emergency room, no matter where they are, no matter who they are, how much money they have, where they come from, and then we complain that our premiums are going to go sky high. You know, and this is just a utopian thinking that you can have a perfect world in which healthcare is free, but at the same time, you know, you want the best of the quality. Same yeah. thing with what happened in the mortgage industry. Yeah, and it's. That's a great, that's actually a really good point. That can, we can go off on a huge tangent with that. But that's, I mean, that's what we have to understand is, you know, let's look at what a utopian life is. You know, we wake up, we have all the food that we need. We don't have to go to work. We can watch TV and play tennis and play golf and do all the wonderful things that we can enjoy, right? But that is never, never going to happen, right? A principle of life is we always are going to have problems we are you know go here's an awesome have you you seen um oh, what's that movie what's that movie the little white wally have you seen wally no i, I haven't you have it oh dude uh-huh. you need to watch you need to watch wally but basically it's you know it takes place in kind of future america and in future america um basically all of the inhabitants of, of earth went onto this spaceship right and wally was this little robot that was created and he was left on Earth to clean up, clean up the garbage, right? And so there's this little white robot that comes down from, you know, where all the inhabitants went from the spaceship. And basically the purpose of this white robot is to see if life has started again on Earth. And it goes around and it scans everything to see if, you know, plant life has, has started. And, uh, and basically the white robot comes down at the beginning of the movie and finds this plant and also finds Wally. And Wally kind of falls in love with the, with the white robot. And they both get transported back up to this uh, spaceship that had all the the previous inhabitants of uh, uh, of Earth. And what was amazing is on this spaceship, right? You had all these really fat people, right? And they were just being carted around in little little uh, um, little wheelchairs, like you know, floating wheelchairs. And what it did is it showed the progress from the time that they left Earth until the state that they were in right now. And they kept getting fatter and fatter and fatter and fatter. Right. And there was no progress whatsoever. They were in the same exact state as they were probably in a, in a, um, a worse state than the time that they left left Earth. Right. And so the principle is, you know, if you have everything given to you because they, you know, they had their meals through these shakes. Um, they didn't have to work. They just floated around all day and, you know, did whatever they wanted. Right. There was no work entailed and there was no progress. Right. You dude, you need to watch it. And we'll have another radio or another podcast just on Wally. Right, because the principles of, of socialism there and the principles of utopianism, I mean, it's it's very relevant and it basically shows, and it's fiction, I mean, it's a fiction movie, right? But it just shows that if human beings are given everything that they need, there will be no progress, right? And that's why on earth and in life, right, you have to have problems, right? Because to every problem, there's going to be a solution. And in finding that solution, there's gonna be progress, right? But you have, to, you have to let everybody have their freedoms so these problems are you know experienced but then everybody has the freedom to solve the problems, right? I mean, it's just a principle 
in nature, really. Whenever uh, things are in scarcity, we tend to uh, enjoy them more. Yeah. For instance, you know, I'm I'm a great uh, fan of cheesecake, right? I, I mean, <laughs> I can I can eat. I believe I could eat that stuff all day. And one time I, I had it for about a week, every consecutive breakfast. And after that week, I didn't want to see cheesecake ever for, again. I mean, I was I was just sick of it. And yeah. and I realized the reason why I like it so much is because I don't have it all the time. Yeah. And so when, when we when we have this. I mean, we, we imagine and we fantasize about a utopian society, but it, it really, a utopian society isn't good at all. No. It's, it's, I mean, in a way, you can say it's the good that creates the bad, and it's the bad that creates the good. Yep. Like, this is in, I mean, reading scripture, like from the beginning, Adam and Eve, right? The knowledge of good and evil. Yep. Right? Before then, they didn't know any good, they didn't know any evil. And there was no progress. So, yeah. <laughs> It's amazing how, how closely principles tie. So what I want to do, because we're already, we're already 50 minutes into the podcast, but what I want to do is kind of transition into why this, these, these different principles of freedom are relevant in the infinite banking concept. Because today, how we, how we teach and how we use the infinite banking concept is basically as, as a, a tool to save, and as a tool to manage all of your finances. Because right now, individuals do it, but how do they, how do they manage their finances? How do they manage their spending? And how do they manage their credit? Right, right now, it's not from a freedom-based standpoint. Individuals basically take money through a 401k or through an IRA and invest that into different mutual funds. All of the growth of the money is no longer tied to the production of the individual. The growth of the money is tied to what this money manager does, what that money manager does, what this mutual fund does, what this mutual fund does, what the market does here, what the market does there. It's no longer tied to the individual freedoms of the individual. That money goes to somebody else and there's very little control that the individual that puts money into a 401k has. And it's way un it's unfortunate, right? And people you know, cry when they see that their 401ks or mutual funds are going down Right. But at the same time, you know, that was their fault because they put money into something that was speculative and money that they had no control over. OK, um, so the infinite banking concept teaches freedom. It teaches how to properly money or manage your money and where you have 100 percent control over it. Right. And it's in it's profound. Right. Once we get into the principles of the banking concept. Right. You start to see how you can grow money based on your efforts. Now, it's not having to go out and you know, start a floral shop or go out and start a mechanic shop or go out and invent, you know, the next latest and greatest thing, right? That's not what we're talking about at all. Now, that's great if you could become entrepreneurial and discover different things about yourself and translate that into a business. That's not what we're talking about, though, right? We're talking about individuals taking control of their money and purchasing things that they would have otherwise used credit to purchase and utilizing their money and creating a banking system where they would purchase it and then pay the, their bank back that they control with interest. And over time, you can show that not only does the individual have optimal control over their money, okay, but they're going to have greater amounts of money in their accounts than any type of IRA, 401k, 403b, 457, any type of qualified plan setup. Right. But at the same time, you've put the freedom to do money management back into the hands of the individual. Right. Which creates more. Right. And that's one of the principles of human nature is creation, problem solving, reason, imagination. Right. And this initiates it. Having the control of your money initiates that. So how, you know, Andy, how have you seen, you know, the, the close ties with Nelson Nash and, and to, to Austrian economics? How do you see that translate into the infinite banking concept? two ways. Uh, the philosophical side of Austrian economics, uh, what you're mentioning, 
freedom and self-reliance. Nelson constantly always uh, emphasizes on a, on a phrase, and I'm sure he's going to mention this uh, at, at your seminar. And he says that infinite banking is all about free contracts with free people. And he emphasizes on that. Uh, the second, the another transition from that would be the self-reliance of it. Like what you said, it's in your control. The results are up to you. It's it's not it's not in someone else's hands. How the results of it are going to be 100% dependent on what you do with it. Uh, and then we go in the second uh, how it relates to Austrian economics, and that is the mechanics of banking, which Austrian economics emphasizes on. Uh, Rothbard wrote a lot about uh, the banking system of money and credit and how it all works, uh, the immoralities of fractional reserve banking, and how uh, and what Nelson has sort of brought forth is a way to solve that, a way to privatize uh, the banking equation. And there's actually a book coming out very soon from an Austrian economic um, an, uh, Austrian economist, economist yeah. Uh, yeah, by uh, Robert Murphy, his name is. And he's actually writing a book on how Austrian economics relates to infinite banking. Really? So, yeah, yeah. And he, he's writing that with uh, another guy named Carlos, uh, I, I forgot it, La Carlos Lara, that's it. Wow. Yeah, both are Austrian economists. Uh, Robert Murphy is actually one of the members in the Mises uh, University. Do you know what? Yeah, I've, I've, he's, uh, uh, yeah, he, they have, uh, the von Mises, or Mises Institute has a, uh, has a podcast, and he's always on that podcast. Yeah, yeah, he's. I mean, he's one of the brilliant ones. He's all. Yeah. What do you know when that's coming out? I I don't, but I can I can find out for you pretty quick. Okay, cool. So, because I I was sent an email a couple of months ago of the date. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it should be. It should. It should be good. Should that's be awesome. Good. That's awesome. Hmm. Well, well, yeah. I mean, and here's here's the thing is, and 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 this is we can see this in all in all uh, in all facets of money. But when you have, when you're using somebody else's money, like when you go out and use a credit card to purchase something, uh, there's a, it's a different transaction because you know in the back of your mind you're not using your money. Your money is something that you worked for. You understand the means by which that which your money came about. But this other money that you, they're using on a credit card or a car loan and so forth, it's not your money, right? And you treat it much different. That's why people are in such a poor financial state right now is because they're using a lot of other people's money, which they don't value as much as their own money, okay? So when you go and purchase things, whether it's a couch, when you go purchase things such as a big screen TV or a vacation or renovate your home and you're using somebody else's money, okay, the thought process is much different. But when it's a bank that you control, when it's an account that you control and the, the assets that are in that account are a result of your efforts, you're gonna use that money much more efficiently. Right, because the government doesn't create money. Okay, the government taxes, and that's how they get money. Okay, and when they utilize that money, that's money that they didn't earn, and therefore they're going to be inefficient and unproductive with it. Which we can go off on for eons about the the productivity or the lack of productivity that the government spending has. Right, and it relates exactly to the individual. When you use your money and you know it's your money, you're going to be much more efficient with it as far as what you purchase how you purchase, okay? And and basically your overall savings rate. Okay? So, I'm I'm excited, man. I'm that that's uh I'm excited to get that book, Andy. You've uh we do we should write a book. We should write a book on uh on th the same thing. Now, obviously, we don't work for or or talk on behalf of uh of uh of Foundation for Economic Education, the Mises Institute, but still we understand it to a point where we should write 
little ebook. You down? You down for that? Sure. Sure. All right. Definitely. All right. So we're we Andy and I are declaring that we will write a book. I don't know. We're not going to put a date on it because <laughs> because via your idea, guys, and uh, our follow through might have some uh, flaws to it. So, but we'll we'll put that out there, and then you know maybe write a, an ebook or an article or something like or something like that, and try to get that on the internet. Sure. You down? You down I'm for down that? that? Definitely. Cool. Cool. Well, let's let's do this. Um, so, as far as references are concerned, uh, for those of you who are not familiar with Austrian economics or the Mises Institute, um, you can access the Mises Institute at Mises.org. M-I-S-E-S.org. Uh, you can also look on iTunes. I mean, they have uh, an awesome podcast. The Foundation for Economic Education has a has a podcast on there as well. So you can access both. So Mises.org. M-I-S-E-S.org, and then Fee.org. F-E-E.org. Uh, uh, they both, I think Feed just came out or recently had a new website and uh, amazing website. And there's so much information on there, audio books, free ebooks, and so forth. And uh, they also have events that they put on um, out, out in Alabama. So, uh, so for those of you who are interested in that, that there's your resource. Uh, we'll also put it on, on the explanation of the blog, on the uh, a podcast, so you have a link to it as well. Um, but we're, uh, let's, let's end today uh, on, a, on a note that... Uh, um, you know, we believe that, that infinite banking really will, uh, will help individuals financially. And it's not based on the, the speculation of whether the market does good or bad. It's based on the fact that individuals are free and individuals have ambitions. And individuals, all, we have a similar nature. And if you really start to grasp that nature and you really start to take control of your finances, uh, you will be financially free. And uh, for those of you who would like a, a free consultation about how infinite, infinite banking works and how it applies to you, uh, please contact us at 800-870-8670 or email us at info at paradigmlife.net, P-A-R-A-D-I-G-M-L-I-F-E dot net. Uh, Andy, thank you so much for your time today. I, I really appreciate it. Sure. And uh, we're, we're grateful for everybody that's downloaded today, and uh, we'll see you next week.